Hey everyone! Welcome to Lady Kira's Galactic Adventure, uh, a new Star Wars podcast hosted by me and only me because I did have a TikTok series uh, called First a Random Girl Talks About Star Wars and then Lady Kira Talks About Star Wars and I was getting tired of editing uh, TikTok content so I decided that this would be just a little bit easier for me. You might be wondering what I'm going to be doing on this show. And on the show, I'm going to be doing exactly what I was doing on TikTok. And if you don't know me on TikTok, I am at unidentifiedrobot. Um, basically, I want to be talking about the structure of the Star Wars galaxy. The galaxy itself is broken up into a, a couple of sections. Uh, and if you search Star Wars galaxy map, you're going to find a bunch of pictures, some complicated and some not. I'm going off of a more complicated one that I believe was released with a... A book about the Millennium Falcon, actually. Um, it is, uh, it's a lot. And I don't know if I'm going to get to every planet. I'm going to try and just, if it's very important and there's more than one sentence about it on Wikipedia and canon or legends, I'm probably going to talk about it. We're basically, we're going to be starting with the deep core because I think it's easier to start from the middle where the less planets are and go out. Obviously, the further out we go, especially into the outer rim, we're going to have more story significance because the outer rim is home to a bunch, is home to hut space and Tatooine and, you know, all of the story planets, Endor and, you know, wild space. We're going to be getting into that in Ahsoka and the unknown regions. That's where, like, Exegol is and Octo from the sequels. Um... So there, there is a lot to talk about, um, and there's comic panels and everything, and I really want to get into comics. And if you know any places where I can read them digitally for as low a price as possible, because who has the time or the money to uh, invest in a Star Wars comics collection right now, uh, just let me know. You can always DM me on TikTok. I'm on there more than I am anything else. Um, I do have an Instagram. Don't really use it. I do have a Facebook. I, I touched it once, I think, for a play that I was in. And, um, you know, I, I do have a Twitter. I hate Twitter. I don't go on it. I'm sorry. Um, you, I think there's a way that you could DM me on Anchor. Or you could leave me a review. Whatever it is up to you. So, yeah. So, I'm going to be covering planets that have content. Like I said before. If there's no content other than, oh, it's a gassy planet in the blank region, I'll acknowledge it, but I'm not going to go into it. There's no reason, there's no way. Um, and this does include worlds that technically don't exist, and which basically means I really want to cover the Mortis Arc. If you don't, if you have not watched Clone Wars, and I know a lot of people haven't, um, the Mortis Arc is one of my favorite things because it's weird and it's religious and it's psychological and it's 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 space opera at its peak um not for drama but just for confusion's sake it, it basically the mortis arc introduces the, the the force lore about the cosmic force which is the thing that Qui-Gon Jinn was going on and on and on about in the Phantom Menace about how he believed that although there was the physical force the living force that there was a there was a cosmic force behind it all, and the living force bound everything together. And we get introduced to the mother, not the mother, <laughs> the father, the son, and the daughter, and that becomes a lot more important when we get to Rebels. Um, 
and it, and it is super, 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 super significant in Rebels. Um, and if you know anything about Ahsoka's story, she actually died on Mortis and was brought back to life by the daughter. And that's why that little, those little owls follow her around everywhere. It's so cute. Uh, I love Ahsoka. I think her story is so, so interesting. And if you're wondering, yes, uh, one, who is Ahsoka? Um, I don't know where to start for you. Uh, and two, she dies? You should watch Rebels. If you're going to watch either Clone Wars or Rebels, I think Rebels is a little bit easier to watch because it was aired in chronological order. Uh, Clone Wars was not because it was aired on the Cartoon Network and, you know, although it's not chronological, they had to put forward the things that were the most interesting to make sure that kids would come back and watch it every week. Um, and, I mean, I'm going to be deep diving into... Clone Wars and Rebels episodes probably because they are some of my favorite things. They have so much, so there's so much about Anakin and Obi-Wan that's overlooked by people who don't watch the shows. Like, there's so much stuff about Obi-Wan specifically that makes me very angry that he does on the shows and, you know, Yoda's downfall, like that one. That is super, super important. That's the ending of, um, season six. Um... It's super crazy, and it's just so cool to see Palpatine pulling the strings behind all of it. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be covering Mortis. Um, so we're going to start in the deep core today. We're going to be covering three planets today. Um, basically, all three of these planets make up the Abyss Hyperspace Track. It's a super, super, super unstable hyperspace lane that reaches from, uh, crap, what's its name? <laughs> that reaches from the planet, uh, Empress Teta through Prakith and into Bis. And we're going to start with Bis and work our way, um, outward. And trust me, there are a lot more planets... Uh, than you'd think are in the deep core. And the reason that there are few planets in the deep core, or at least habitable planets in the deep core, is that most of it is made up of stars um, that are super, super, super close together. It makes it super dangerous to travel. Um, you have to be an amazing pilot to get through this lane. I don't know if it's as dangerous as the Kessel Run, um, but the way that it was described on Wikipedia makes it sound that way. That, like... If you calculate your hyperspace wrong, you are dead, dead. So on that note, let's start with Bis. <laughs> Bis is located in the deep core with one sun and a general location of K11 in the galactic grid. So basically the, the, the galaxy is broken up into grid sections. And it just makes it a little bit easier on maps to figure out where you are. Um, and some of, depending on how big your map is, sometimes it's a little hard to read. But, uh, but yeah, if you check any map, K11, this should be there because it is canon. Uh, the planet was discovered during the Old Republic period, apparently, in canon lore. And if you don't know, the Old Republic was a period of extreme conflict with its fall, harboring the growth and expansion of the Sith Empire. And the first, actually the first Vizsla, who originally created the Darksaber, became a Jedi in that period. But we are talking about Mandalorian bloodlines on a different episode because Jesus Christ. Sorry, Maker. <laughs> Is there a lot to talk about? Mandalorian bloodlines are so confusing and so complex, and Mandalorians themselves are just... 
yeah, we're gonna get into it. We're we're get, we're gonna get into it. Um, especially with Mandalorian season three coming out, we need to get into it. Um, yeah. Um, and this is the Old Republic is a period of time, you know, when the Jedi the Jedi Sith Wars occurred, as well as the Great Hyperspace Wars. Um, and you know that's the war where Darth Bane was the only survivor, and created the rule of two. And that's where we're gonna be talking about him. Um, and also. It leads into uh, that arc I was talking about about Yoda, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Fun fact before we get back to planets: the Jedi Temple in Coruscant, if you didn't know, was actually built over a Sith temple um, that was s supposedly built around the time that rogue Jedi from the Hundred Year Darkness settled on the Sith homeworld of Moraband and started breeding with the Sith race. There's a Sith race, and then there's the Sith religion into the Empire. Don't ask me. <laughs> I didn't do. I didn't make it. Blame George Lucas. Um, and that gen, that uh, Sith temple underneath the Jedi temple is actually the reason why the Jedi the Jedi Council was blocked off. Why they couldn't sense um, what was happening because Palpatine was manipulating the temple because obviously he is a Sith. <laughs> um, and was able to basically mask his signature through it, which is so cool. So, 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 so cool. But enough of that. Back to Biss. There isn't really a lot on Biss in canon, um, but it was canonized in, I believe, 2015. Um, but let's, so let's uh, jump to Legends. Um, Legend says... That the planet was first chartered in the year 45 BBY. And for reference, Revenge of the Sith takes place in 19 BBY. Um, and also, if you didn't know, BBY stands for Before the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, the one from A New Hope. Where the first Death Star. Which is the beginning of the Galactic Civil War. Uh, one day on BIS uh, is about 31 standard hours. With one year of 207 days. If we compare that to our years, they, you can see it's a, it's a bit funky funky. But pretty cool. Pretty honestly standard. Um, hey everyone. Editing. Lady Kira talking. Uh, I want to apologize in advance for the weird thumbling that you may hear that sounds like this. Uh, in this video, uh, apparently when I get nervous, I fiddle with my microphone. I, I fiddle with my pop filter. Um, I will try to occupy my hands better next time. I didn't know I was doing that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm very sorry. Um, that, that's, that's, that's it. Okay. Uh, back, back, back to Biss. itself in legends is described to have an eerie blue-green glow which is caused by its sun kind of how like Dathomir is completely red because of its sun um which also added to quote the strangeness of the world and despite its appearance um Emperor Palpatine actually chose this planet to be basically his base of operations in the comics um after the Battle of Endor. And he corrupted it. Not only its people, but the very planet. Making it super imbued with dark side energy. In the, his Imperial Citadel that he builds on Biss. Actually in 19 BBY, the year of Revenge of the Sith. Right after the Empire was formed. 
where he kept his secret supply of clone bodies. And if you know anything about the sequels, you know about the clone bodies. Sheev Palpatine did die on that second Death Star. But somehow, I'm gonna, I guess we have to look into this too, somehow they took his spirit, his soul, um, and put it into a clone. And one of those, and then, and then one of the clones has a child, Snoke, and then Snoke has Rey, well, okay, well, Snoke is a man, so he can't have her, but you know what I mean. Um, but, yeah, yeah, clones, because it all comes back to clones, it all comes back to clones. Literally, I think Palpatine started the entire clone war. Just so he'd know he could do this, is that if he died, he could just bring himself back to life. Now that is kind of metal. Kind of, I respect Palpatine so much. The Citadel itself and all of uh, the Empire's um, futzing around, I guess, on Biss, is uh, mostly seen in the Dark Empire comics run, as well as Empire's End. Um, sorry, I have not read it, um, but I will be. That's on my list. Um, Biss was originally a lush and fertile land, like uh, many of the planets that the Empire takes over. It was a natural conduit of force power. I guess it would make it a kind of a beacon because Luke Skywalker was able to find them, and so was the rest of the Rebellion, and the Rebellion blew up the Citadel. Well, actually, it was R2-D2. <laughs> uh, I love R2. R2 and Chopper have committed war crimes. I want a list. Can someone rewatch <laughs> like all of the canon content and make me a list of R2D2 and Chopper's war crimes? I'm asking for a friend. This was really well known um, for its legendary, serene, natural beauty. There was a. It was covered in lakes and rivers, with microscopic life forms and plateaus and canyons and it was super super isolated from the galaxy because as I mentioned before it's really hard to get there. Also they have a lot on Biss's climate which is apparently balmy with mild seasons ranging from clear to rainy that sounds like Florida and were primarily caused by minuscule by its minuscule axial tilt and its stable geologic foundation. So interesting, violent phenomena such as storms and volcano volcanic eruptions were extremely rare, which for the Empire is a bit of a weird place to, to settle. I thought that Sith really loved volcanoes and drama. I mean, Vader was given Tatooine, he said, nah, I don't want it, I want Mustafar. <laughs> uh, and there was already a Sith temple on Mustafar, I mean... Mustafar is probably already seeped in the dark side of the Force before all of this happened. I mean, it was originally where um, Palpatine told Cad Bane to hide all the Force-sensitive children. He started getting him to steal And oh god, what was that, season 5? Season 4? Season 5 of the Clone Wars? And yes, Cad Bane was working for the Emperor at one point. And yet he um, has the audacity... You say that Boba Fett is a more horrible person than he is. Uh, I think they're all horrible people because 
They are bounty hunters, and they have to be. I've also forgot to mention that that corruption of Biss as a whole was actually, um... Basically, Palpatine was trying to lure people to the planet to immigrate there so he could have more people under his control. Because Palpatine loves his slaves, they gotta say it. So let's get back uh, a little bit into the origin of Biss itself and uh, basically the history. So at around uh, 30,000 BBY, 30,000 BBY, during the pre-Republic era, Biss was ruled by the space-faring Rakata people. Using Force-based hyperdrives, they traveled in many worlds around the galaxy that possessed significant signatures in the Force, uniting them to form the Rakatan Infinite Empire. And they constructed, uh, apparently, temple fortresses. And after 5,000 years of galactic dominance, the Rakata went home. And during the... the <laughs> I love this. Another fun fact about Biss. During the Galactic War, Biss was famous for... Cheese. Apparently, Biss makes really good cheese. They must have, like, space cows. Maybe space goats? I don't know, man. You gotta try some of that Biss cheese. Thousands of non-human slaves were forced into, to labor in the, quote, recolonization efforts, including, including the Utapauans and the Gamorians after the Clone Wars. So the Utapauans are from Utapau, where Obi-Wan's final battle in the Clone Wars takes place, where he kills General Grievous. They're the tall people with the big foreheads who have... Wait, 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 wait. Wait, yes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, guys. Editing Kira is back to tell you that after this point in time, I went on a literal 10-minute search. <laughs> that should have taken me two to figure out um, because I forgot what race the Grand Inquisitor was and it took me. I had to cut so much out of this part. Basically, the Grand Inquisitor is a Powan, a person from Utapa, which is another way to refer to them. That's literally it. Okay, back to the video. don't know who the Grand Inquisitor is, I can tell you did not watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and if you still don't know who he is and you watched the show, you did not watch Rebels. So, um, I really love talking about the Inquisitors, and I will probably do a couple of episodes on the Inquisitors because they are so cool. And I just finished Jedi Fallen Order, I know I'm pretty late to the game, um, but it gave me life. Um, I don't like talking about the trauma, but I think it's so fascinating how the plan for the Inquisitor, the Inquisitorious, the Inquisitor program, was created before she even took office as, um, what's his name? The, the leader of the Senate, um, the, um, Chancellor. <laughs> I, I know how to speak English. Uh, I think so. But yes, so, um, the Grand Inquisitor was a Powin, a person from Utapau, who was a Jedi Temple guard. So the Jedi Temple guard were a specific brand of Jedi. Brand. 
specific subsection of Jedi who were not avid peacekeepers, but who pledged their allegiance to protecting the knowledge and the temple itself. And they were the ones who had the huge staffs with the, the yellow blades, and that is why the yellow lightsabers are canon. So people stop telling me, stop saying on the internet that Ray can't have a yellow sky, uh, Ray, yellow lightsaber because it's not canon. Yes, it is. Jedi Temple cards have existed for a very long time, and she is the last Jedi. It makes sense, and I want everyone of you to know who think that Ray Skywalker does not deserve her yellow lightsaber that I gave Cal Kestis a yellow lightsaber. If Cal can have one, Ray can have one. Just saying. Oh yeah, so back to Abyss. <laughs> Um, oh, and Gamorians, if you do not know, are the, I don't want to say pig people, but pig people the, um, who guard Jabba's palace. And now, Boba Fett's palace. Well, actually, they fell off a cliff, but... <sighs> oh, Star Wars. Okay, so that's basically all I got on Biss. So we are going to move to the next planet in the Biss hyperspace lane, Prakith. Prakith? Prakith. So, located at K10 in the galactic grid, if you're following along at home, Prakith is regarded in canon as an astronomical object in the Bis hyperspace run. There's not much about the planet in canon. Literally, that's it. So, I checked over in Legends, and there is so much information. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about Prakith. Prakith was a mountainous fortress. Yeah. A mountainous fortress world located in the Prakith system of the Deep Core, that thanks to its unstable terrain and isolation it was a very difficult location to conquer. The planet was a powerful Sector 5 fortress. Sectors um, were created by the, what's it called, the Empire. Um, basically just to assert reign of certain moths, moths <laughs> over certain areas. And the moth that headed uh, the 5th sector was Moth Fagabril. Prakith is a volatile volcanic world, but was stable enough for Imperial teams to explore, and Prakith's close proximity to the galactic core made it a prime location for a hidden fortress, and was one of the first deep core worlds to be civilized by the Empire, and it has a huge mining guild presence. A lot of these deep core worlds are dominated by the mining guild, and the things that they're searching for are really... Um, Rare metals, um, elements, sometimes even um, liquid tabana, carbonite. We're going to see that on uh, Empress Teta, but we'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, Prakit's major cities, such as Prak City, uh, were built atop a giant plateau, surrounded on all sides by caverns and crevices. Um, since ground travel across such terrain proved difficult, natives often used, get this, cloud cars and airspeeders for transportation. I want a cloud car. That sounds like so much fun. And although the natives were under imperial rule, um, Wikipedia regards them as very subdued and a quote, business-like population. Don't know what business-like refers to. I don't think anyone could be business-like with the empire unless they're the pikes. Actually, this place had gotten the attention of some Sith Lords in the past during the Old Republic times. Um, one of those was, was one of those Darths was Darth and Anadu, also known as quote, and this is the greatest title of all time, 
<laughs> the immortal god king of Prakith. And he had built his tomb on the planet. Because apparently Sith do that. They build their own tombs and then they die. I don't... That's just a whole nother level of extra. I don't know if I'm willing to to, uh, to vouch for. Um, he also hit a holocron there. Um, which Darth Bane would go to the planet to retrieve after the Jedi Sith Wars had ended. Um, also, uh, the Emperor himself in the in Legends um, selected Prakeith as the base of operations for the Inquisitorius program. The Inquisitorius program as we know it in the visual Star Wars media and in the video games, because that, that is visual media, um, was centered on the planet of Noor in the Mustafar system. Um, you know, the Fortress Inquisitorius, we see it in Jedi Fallen Order, we see it in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, it is a formidable building, and I feel so bad for <laughs> the technicians and the engineers that work for Darth Vader. Because Fallen Order and Obi-Wan Kenobi happen around the same time. Within a, a couple of years of each other, I'm pretty sure. So it's like, once they got finished fixing, you know, the holes in the glass that Cal made, they then had to fix the ones that Obi-Wan made. Maybe don't build the entire bottom of your fucking fortress out of glass! Imperials are so extra, man. So extra. The Imperials on Prakith voted to continue the war against the New Republic even after the death of Emperor Palpatine, and supported the reborn Emperor during his attempt to retake the galaxy. In the comics, let's remember, this is not sequel stuff, this is comic stuff. So all of that stuff that happens on this, basically. Um, because they're so close to each other, they're involved in that bigger conflict. So in the comics, Bith does fall after the New Republic attacks. And after that, Moff uh, Faga Brill becomes a warlord. And basically creates a dictatorship um, on, on uh, Prakith. And because of that, the planet was incredibly impoverished. Living conditions were absolutely miserable. But Brill fortified Prakith and isolated the his own little micro-empire, which was defended by a strong planetary defense fleet. Years later, it would still be involved with conflict with the New Republic. Um, that's about it for Prakith. Um, and finally, we have the last planet in the Biss hyperspace run. Empress Teta. Are we all ready for this? Home stretch, home stretch, home stretch. Only about 35 minutes into this, this is going way smoother and way faster than I thought it would. Um, this is great. Living life, man. Living life. Um, so Empress Teta is a planet. And also a person. We'll get into it. It's located at L10 on the galactic map if you are taking notes at home. Empress Teta is, get this, an Acumenopolis. An Acumenopolis. Ready? Say it after me. A, eh, I mean, eh, Acumenopolis. Eh, Q, men, opolis. What is an Acumenopolis? <laughs> what is an Acumenopolis, you may be asking? Well, it's a city planet. Or a planet where the entire planet is a city. What are some other examples of an Acumenopolis? Acumenopoli. Some examples are Coruscant, Hosnian Prime, Denon, Euphornis Major, 
Trioth, Narshada, Taris, Uchinao, and Wind. Wind? Wind? Wind. Yeah. Okay, we're probably going to be covering all of those because I think the concept of an ecumenopolis is so cool because obviously we live in a plan on a planet that is so incredibly divided in every way, whether we wish for it to be divided or not, because there are literal oceans that separate all of us, right? There's mountains and all of this stuff, and they've just literally built a giant planet, I mean, giant city that covers the entire planet. Coruscant has 5,127 levels. So that means that from the planet core, where they originally started settling, that human beings have built up 5,127 different levels, all connected via elevator. And people live on every single one. That planet is massive. Absolutely massive. And it's one of the reasons that it's my favorite planet visually. Uh, I don't know if I want to live there. It looks like it smells. And it, um, it looks like it'd be very cramped accommodation. Looks like it'd be super expensive. If I could actually live anywhere, it'd probably be Naboo. Empress Teta. The planet was also known as Koros or Koros Major uh, during its old heyday. And it was home to one of the most affluential human civilizations ever during the Great Hyperspace War, which took place in the year 5000 BBY. Again, Revenge of the Sith takes place in 19 BBY. Just for reference. So the Great Hyperspace War was a battle between the Jedi and the Sith and ended with a Sith defeat. And legend has it that the Empress Teta, a real person, that she had taken over the planet to basically fight against the Sith and then started working with the Jedi. And that she had died at some point during this war and they named the they renamed the planet after her in memoriam. But we'll get into it later. Even like historians in the Star Wars universe don't know if she is real. Which I think is so, so cool. So Empress Teta, the planet, not the person, was a supplier of refined carbonite and Andrus spice for much of galactic history. Um, um, I had a whole series on spice on YouTube, on, not on YouTube, on TikTok. Um, and I think we need to deep dive into this again because I think that when real life concepts are applied to Star Wars, it gets so deep and so interesting and to see how it people are like on a bigger scale react to things like obviously we know how human beings react to the drug problem but seeing it in the galaxy that is a whole nother story so if you're interested please come back <laughs> um oh yes emperor's teta was a major hub of operations for the mining guild just like krakith like we talked about before which exerted control over the entire planetary government to the point where many of uh, the rulers of Empress Teta, even the royal family, were literally just figureheads and the mining guild was running everything. By the reign of the Galactic Empire, the world was alternatively known as Sinigar, 
the name of its capital city. Empress Teta is orbited by the moon Atale, and it was connected to Coruscant via the Coros Trunk Line, which is basically a hyperspace lane, uh, and to Prakith via the Bisrun, which is what we're talking about right now. Additionally, Empress Teta was also situated on the Carbonite Run. When the Galactic Empire came to power, Empress Teta became a key checkpoint for Imperial Deep Core Security Zone. And why is there an Imperial Deep Core Security Zone? Because the Emperor himself, of course, some of this is legends, uh, was living it up in Bis in his Imperial Citadel. They needed to protect, uh, what was there? Senegar, the planet's capital, which grew over a millennia to cover the whole surface of the planet. Um, there was an upscale part of Senegar, which was called the Core District, um, while the Royal District was the home of the Royal Family. That means that Royal Family must be freaking huge, like Habsburg's huge, okay? <laughs> or at least that's my running theory. It's my headcanon. You know, under the cityscape existed Carbonite and Andrew's Spice Mines that we talked about before. Um, and apparently, some buildings in Sinigar were dated to circa 27,000 BBY. So, around the time that the, what is it, the Bataka Empire was taking over Bis, which is so cool. Uh, and historians linked the carbonite mining operations on Empresetta to sleeper ships. This is so cool. That were used to spread humanity throughout the core worlds. And that happened around the time of the Old Republic. So basically, there's a bunch of stuff about Mandalorians and humans who became Jedi and Sith, the race, right? So like, the story that I was told um, through whatever canon, <laughs> I think it's canon, is that, that there were, Mandalorians were a separate race of people and they were kind of like lizard people and apparently their eyes were literally the shape of the T-Visor and the helmets and they keep it as like a ceremonial thing but somehow they evolved which means that the pe the government is run by lizard people obviously um <laughs> and that because of the Mandalorian Jedi conflicts which we're also going to be getting into because those are dense um that they had gone to Mandalore and settled there and then evolved into whatever they are now and obviously we know that there are there were Jedi who turned to the dark side who went to Moribond and started getting it on with the Sith the race not the religion and then started spreading their dark side beliefs and created the Sith religion this is so Star Wars is so dense man <laughs> it is so so dense um, but yeah, so it's basically at that point in time when people started colonizing other worlds and they were doing it with these sleeper ships because obviously hyperspace travel back then is not what we know it to be in the original trilogy. Um, obviously there must have been some kind of major technological breakthrough at some point in time. So they put people in carbonite, um, to travel from one planet to the other, like, um, in space with Markiplier. <laughs> I was trying to think, do they do that? I'm not a Star Trek fan. So I don't know if they do that in Star Trek. In Space with Markiplier is the only thing I can think of where people, they put people in cryo to move them from one position to the other. I think they did that on Doctor Who too. Okay, we're good. We're good here. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that is so cool. Can I just say how freaking cool that is? Because that is so cool. 
Um, <laughs> the planet's ancient history was like, recounted in a series of epic poems known as the Keldroma Epics, which detailed the conquest of the Koros system by the Teta, the Empress of Koros Major, as well as her resistance to the Sith Lord Nagasato during the Great Hyperspace War. Kuros Major would later be renamed in Teta's honor, like I mentioned before. The poems also recounted the adventures of a Jedi Knight, Ulic Keldroma, who was believed to have infiltrated a mysterious, get this, dark side cult known as the Krath, which slaughtered Jedi and conquered Empress Teta, the planet. <laughs> and apparently the Jedi taught these epics as fact. And here's the thing I was talking about before. Um... The efforts of archaeologists to verify the truth were inconclusive. Archaeologists in the Star Wars universe, obviously. Uh, which is so cool and kind of just adds to the the question of is are the Jedi a reputable source at the point where the Republic has fallen like and during the Clone Wars? Are they a reputable source? They once were. They're regarded in the High Republic as... You know, the wisest of them all. You know, if there's a problem, you go to a Jedi. But that changed. And we're going to be talking about why that changed, because I have notes. <laughs> I have lots of notes. Um, and I have lots of questions. And I know that you probably do too, so this is going to be fun. We're going to have fun. Okay, it's talking about Star Wars. This is Star Wars, man. There's no politics in Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And back to the Mining Guild. Sorry, I'm jumping around a lot. The Mining Guild um, was allied to the Separatists during the Clone Wars, which caused Empress Teta, the planet, to, you know, swoop on over to the Empire. Um, so that is why there is a lot of Imperial action over there anyways. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's pretty much it for canon. So let's go over to Legends. Um... In addition to carbonite stores, Empress Teta was a major source of Andrus spice within the core. An authorized supplier of the spice, um, Andrus's primary function was, get this, to cure, was as a cure for hibernation sickness. A side effect of, you know, uh, Han Solo during a Return of the Jedi. Um, when he wakes up, when Leia wakes him up and he can't see. Right? He can't see anything. That's hibernation sickness. There's a there's a, um, an arc in the Clone Wars where, um, what's it called? Where Obi-Wan, Anakin, the 501st, and the 212th freeze themselves in carbonite to get undetected into, was that the Citadel, I think? I think it was the Citadel. I think it was the Citadel because Ahsoka sneaks in in carbonite and it's really cute and really funny um oh yes it was a citadel because that is the episode where we get introduced to tarkin have i mentioned how much i hate tarkin i don't think i have yet um i don't like tarkin he's a terrible person he literally to get princess leia to crack he blew up an entire planet for her to tell him nothing literally nothing and the only reason they were able to find her when she escaped it's because they put a tracker on the Falcon. Gotta love the Imperials, man. I told, I'm telling you, they're so fucking dramatic for no reason. Um, but yeah, hibernation sickness. We're back to that. We're back to that. Um, so, uh, like most controlled substances, the criminal element on the planet had discovered 
a way to make androspice a powerful stimulant and so it was to sell it on the black market. But I do have a question. How long has carbonite been being used for? I think that's something that we're going to be having to look up in Empire. Um, Darth Vader refers to the carbonite as like some kind of new invention, yet um, um, Gold Squadron Gaze have talked about that. Um, however, we see bounty hunters like Boba Fett and Mando using it willy-nilly. We got people using it uh, in the time of the Galactic Republic, as we saw Obi-Wan Anakin, the 501st, 212th, Ahsoka. They were all frozen in carbonite. How novel is being frozen in carbonite? And how long have these sleeper ships been being used? Because in regards to when the main story, the, Sky, the Skywalker saga happens, this is thousands, thousands of years in the future. Like, I mean, in the past. Wow, I know time. Time works. Time. I have questions about the carbonite, okay? We're going to be talking about the carbonite. If you know anything about the carbonite situation, please let me know how long has it been being used. We're going to look into this. I'm going to get back to you next time. We're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to do the thing. We're doing the thing. Because I'm making a podcast. That's how you do the thing. You make the thing. You do the thing. You research the thing. And then you say the thing. Dude, I need to go to sleep. Um, something I thought was very interesting. The Galactic Republic and the Galactic Empire, I mean, did one thing right. They did something good. And you want to know what that was? They stamped out black market spice dealers. I mean, bad for the spice dealers. They're not making the money. Better for the galaxy because there's less people addicted to spice on Empress Teta. But uh, the Empire, that does not justify anything else that they have done. So we're going to go past that. Empress Teta, the way it's described, kind of reminds me of Concordia. Um, if you haven't seen the sequels, Concordia is a planet in the Outer Rim. It is... No, not Concordia. Catonica. Catonica. Concordia is the Mandalorian moon. Catonica is the, is the planet that they go to in one of the sequel movies. Finn and Rose, and it's super gaudy, it's literally gilded, it's literally a golden planet. It's someone's aesthetic, it reminds me, it's like, it's the aesthetic I picture the Grand Master from Thor Ragnarok to have, because it, it looks like Jeff Goldblum was just like, bah, 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 throat lozenge, and then he just painted it, like, <laughs> um, but yes, because, um, it's described as, like, the, here, here's the quote. The ornate artistry of the world's architecture is admired, much of it having arisen in the reconstruction that followed the Great Hyperspace War. Galactic-class museums, fine restaurants, and boutiques attracted tourists and local aristocrats, all of whom flocked to Empress Teta's gems of history and luxury. While most Tedans who lived in the core district or Sinagar were accustomed to living in luxury, those who lived outside of the core districts of Sinagar lived in a working-class lifestyle. Love that for us. Nobles on the planet traced their ancestry back to the legendary Empress Teta herself. Um, though some historians questioned her actual existence, which is what I was talking about before. Which I think is so interesting, how there's that extra level of meta. <laughs> it's like, it feels like Star Wars creators questioning the fact that they had even written something in the first place it's like there was that that planet moribond 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 i was right moribond the planet which is the sith homeworld was formerly known as corabond um and that was what 
there were games made about it, there was books written about it, comics written about it, and then George Lucas decided when he made the Yoda arc in season six, um, that he wanted to just change the name to Moribond and say that Korriband was just its ancient name. Um, there's a lot of that in Star Wars. It's time to outro the show. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me, Lady Kira, on this galactic adventure. Um, I'm gonna close it out with a great, great dad joke. Um, what's Yoda's advice for going to the bathroom? Do-do or do-do-not-do. Just remember, there is no try. Yeah, join me next time to talk about more deep core planets. Uh, and maybe anything else you would like to talk about. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at unidentified robot, spelled exactly like that. No capitals, no spaces, no funny symbols, unidentified robot. Um, I post kind of garbage content, but it's fun enough for me. Um, so yeah. Uh, may the force be with you. And in the wise words of Anakin Skywalker, this is where the fun begins. Uh, so may the force be with you. And also with you. Peace out.